Okay, the misparashemos. So the Torah says there, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to count the Jewish people, and it says bemisparashemos according to the number of their names. You have that there, Chaim Yeah. What's the lesson of the pasuk? Okay, means to to their head, to their skull. So. It's kind of an unusual expression, bemispar shemos, to the number of their names. You just think it would be to their number, right. counting them to their number. Isa b'zohar Kodesh, Parshas Shemos. The Zohar Kodesh writes, Ki yesh l'chol adam os miuchedes b'torah. Every single Jew has a letter in the Torah which corresponds to him. That comes from the you guys were learning that this morning, right? Mm-hmm. As it says, there are 600,000 letters in the Torah. And there are 600,000 neshamas of the Jewish people. So therefore, each neshama has an os that corresponds to it in the Torah. In addition to that, all of the Torah are names of Hashem. Right? And Ramban writes this in the beginning of Sefer Bereshit, Sagdama, that the whole Torah is actually one long shame of Hashem. And it's just a question of how you group the letters and how you form the words, but it's all one shame. So the Torah is all Hashem's in. So we've got three things here. 600,000 neshamas, 600,000 letters, and they are all somehow equal to these shamos of Hashem that the Torah consists of. Vazek Siv. And about this it is written, Pasukol Hanikra Bishmi Vilichvodi. All that is written by my name and to my honor, that's referring to Hashem. Shabine Yisrael Nikra'u Bishmo Yisborach. That we are therefore called by Hashem's name. If our, the Torah is Hashem's name, each letter of the Torah corresponds to our Neshama, so therefore, if you think about that, that means Hashem's name is called upon Kla Yisrael. Right. The, the totality of our neshamos equals the totality of all the letters of the Torah is one shame of Hashem. So God's name is called upon us by makeup, you know, by, by nature. That's how we are. Our neshama equals the chalik of Hashem's name. It is therefore our obligation to increase the honor of Hashem. God's name is called upon us, so it's upon us to increase that honor of Hashem by, by what we do, how we live our life. But this concept of Hashem's name resting in Kla Yisrael, which is, you see a lot in Sforim, and one of the predominant places you see that is by the mitzvah of Tefillin, because there it's very clear the shame Shin Dalad Yud is spelled out uh, on the Tefillin and the, the Kesher. And the Shin is also on the bias of the of the Shorosh. So with Tefillin, Hashem's name is spelled out on us in a, in a certain way. But he's saying even even more than that, that just by virtue of our makeup, Hashem's name is always called upon us. So that's going, I'll just explain that last point. The Mispar Shemos. So the number of Kla Yisroel equals Shemos 
Shemos of Hashem, which the Torah consists of. I think that's the remnants he's trying yeah, to bring up. Yeah, and number and name. Right. This par Shemos. The number of our souls equals the Shemos of Hashem, which is the Torah. Ali? And the numbers of the letters, though, is it because we also say the, the spaces in between the letters themselves form letters? In other words, I, I thought I read somewhere the Torah doesn't have exactly... It doesn't. It has more like 300,000 letters and in it. And someone said it's the spaces between also then... Spaces between them. Some say also the letters, uh, many of the letters are made up of more than one letter. You know, like the letter Lama, if it's a cuff with a vav sitting on it. So that's how they could bring it to right, So you get 600,000. There's a lot of discussion about that because the Torah doesn't have 600,000 letters in that, at least in the form that we recognize it. It obviously does because the Chachamim say it. But yeah, we have to figure out what it God means. Forbid, this is not yeah. an argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just sure. to well, that's one way to look at it. It was brought down also in part of what we learned today by the work of Daliyahu that also you have the letters and then the pronunciation of the letters. Mm -hmm. So if you have 300 and you pronounce it, you have two times three. That's interesting. Isn't that what he also brought very interesting. Yeah. That's a very interesting thought. Was that his mimer on Shavuos? Was that a Shavuos mimer? Or a Safer by Midbar? Shavuos mimer. Shavuos mimer. Right. And then the possibility that um, the Rashi Tevos, um, like a one word, is really Rashi Tevos, so you have to count the, all the letters, then it might be the Rashi Tevos. So. Of. So another option. There's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, it can go a lot of directions, right? right. Yeah. Only 600. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, let's see the next one. Pekudehem lamateh, their numbers according to their tribe. Lamateh means a staff, it also often means uh, a tribe. So what does that mean, their numbers according to their tribe? The Nira. It appears, Sha'agav Haminyan, Hayamosha Rabbeinu Alavashalam, Mesakain Eskol Chesrona Sehem. Wow. By counting them, Moshe Rabbeinu was Mesakain all of their deficiencies. So it's good to be counted by Moshe Rabbeinu. All of your Chesronas get taken care of. So that's Lashon Pekudehem, which literally means they're counting, but he learns it as that which they are lacking. Because there is a pasuk milashon v'lo nifkad mimenu ish. Not one man was lacking from this. Talking about one of the times we were at war, I believe. Well, I can't place the pasuk. Lo nifkad mimenu ish. Not even one man was missing. So the word pekudehem can also mean lacking. Hainu chesaron. And by means of being counted by Moshe Rabbeinu, that in itself was a tikkun for the chesronos of Klal Yisrael. Now. I really have no idea what this means. That Moshe Rabbeinu is counting Klai Yisrael with Masak in Archesron. I said, I don't know what he's saying and what he's referring to, but just a thought that when you have a leader who then interacts with the people, and as a result of the people, he's confirming everybody's identi identity. Because that's what's happening here when they were being counted. They brought their Sefer Yuchsin. They brought their genealogy, their yichus, who they were, what family they belonged to. And by doing that, by means of a great leader, when a person attaches themselves to a mishpacha and a shevet, that helps a person to feel like they, like they are somebody. It gives a person an identity. It has to be done in the right way, so it's not just a, you might say, a census taking. 
And maybe that's the idea that through Moshe Rabbeinu, everybody's identity was established, and that in itself is a tikkun for people to feel like you belong to something. Yes, Chaim Flunen. One of the pieces of Lashon of Fakhar reminds me of the experience of Bnei Akiva used to do Mifkad. Right, Mifkad, uh-huh. Which, like, you know, okay, you right. get your group, your group comes, and then you get to see the entirety. Um, and it's almost just like um, to count and then to be counted, uh-huh. and that I count in the counting that I have some importance, I'm being counted mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. I'm part of this klal, um, and to some degree that's an acceptance. And, um, and a great leader does that, that I, I want to come to the assembly, be part of what's going on, I want to be counted in, I want to be counted on, um, and, and, and then something, something larger happens more than the sum of its parts. Very good. You know, the Pasuk in the Torah, when Hashem remembered Sora, who was barren, and then she became pregnant, uh, giving birth to Yitzchak. So it says, Vahashem pokad es Sora. It's Kriya for Rosh Hashanah. So literally, Hashem remembered her, or Hashem visited upon her. She became pregnant. And the Lashem pokad there is, seems to me, Maybe it means paid attention to. So here also it's counting, but it's also being paid attention to. Vashem Pokhad Asura, God paid attention to her and helped her conceive just as he told her that he was going to do that. And maybe that's kind of the direction this is coming. It's not just my number, you know, but someone's focusing on me. Which is, I think, the point that you're making, Chaim trying to help people feel like they're being paid attention to. But it would seem like it would be very important that it is only done when God asks for it, because when David HaMelech counted it. Right, there was a punishment. There was a punishment. Right. There was also not counting in the right way. There was a mistake there, counting people instead of counting coins or other things there. I know, but still, it would seem to be that for this to have an effect, and maybe that's how... That's why when mm-hmm. God directs the count, it has this effect. It's also a T-code in some way. But mm-hmm. because he's asked for it, right. he says, you matter to me, you're still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that way, it's, it's fulfilling Hashem's mitzvah right. in the counting, as opposed to just doing it spontaneously or for, without being connected so to a mitzvah. So maybe you're because of the mitzvah of being directed. That's what I thought you were saying. Yeah, it is. That's yeah. I see. Right. Excellent. Because you can do the same action of counting, and I could come away with, oh, I'm just a number. Right, right versus I count, right. which is that attention. Which means I matter. Which I matter, right. How are you, Josh? Now this, this story is going not quite the same point, but I feel there's a certain connection to this story and what we, what we just were speaking about. Uh, the Chernobyl Magad? I don't remember if it was the Chernobyl or Magad or his son, Rev Aaron of Chernobyl, one of the two. I think it was the Chernobyl or Magad. That he uh, was a great tzaddik, and there was a, uh, a man in his town who was a Talmud Chacham, but he never wanted to have a real connection to the Chernobyl or Magad. He was more of a Misnagad. 
and uh, well, it wasn't for him. So, one Pesach, he kind of had this feeling, this man, that he should really go over and see the, the Chernobyl Magen and develop a cashier with him. He started to have second thoughts about his um, keeping apart from him. So, it was Pesach, and he crossed the threshold of the Magen of Chernobyl's door, and as soon as he walked in the house, the Chernobyl Magad said to him, you were nichshol on the Isser of Chametz this Pesach. You stumbled in the prohibition of Chametz. As soon as he walked in the house, Talmud. This man is a Talmud Chacham, and you're a Shemaim, and he was just shocked. And uh, he, he quickly went home, and he just said, okay, we have to find out you know, what we're doing wrong. And they searched everywhere, they found nothing and continued to search and finally they found this barrel of water that they used they would use only one barrel of water in his house for Pesach and that's where they would get all their water from they wouldn't take in any water any other water and it had turned out that the barrel of water was not properly rinsed before Pesach and there were some crumbs still that were there and um, in the barrel so he went back to the Magad of Chernobyl's house and he said to him, why didn't you tell me before? Right, if, you, if you were able to see just because I walked into your home that I was Nichshol and Chametz, so why did you wait you know, until the end of Pesach? Why didn't you tell me at the very beginning so I wouldn't have this Avera? So the Magad told him that I didn't know. I did not know before. It was only once you decided that you wanted to have a Kesher with me and you walked into my house, then it was given for me to see what I needed to tell you. But before you made that decision, I didn't know. It wasn't given over for me to see. So this mimer reminded me of that. It's in reverse, you know, that when the person decides he wants to make that Kesher with the Rebbe, then the Rebbe has insight into him and he can help him out. So when he, you might say, pays attention to his relationship to the Rebbe, then he can pay attention to him. And so likewise, this was going really in reverse, that here, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Rebbe of Gans Klai he was paying attention to each and every one. But maybe there's something about it too, because they had to come forward with their yichus, right? They had to make the effort to present themselves to Moshe Rabbeinu. And in presenting themselves, then he can make this tukun that we were talking about. fact is, maybe that's more what, what is that play there? God has directed the cow, but really what he wanted was all, all Israel to come forward to Moshe Rabbeinu. Right. Right. Which they did. Because right. now they're, they're counting as individuals. Up to now they've been treated as a nation. But now each person <coughs> matters yeah. because they have the, the Mishkan. Now they can count. Uh, who is that yes, story sir. about? The Magad of Chernobyl. But who, is, who is it that was going to uh, I don't know his name. It was it was someone in his town who okay. did not want to have a relationship with him, and then later on in their life they decided that they should. Maybe that's what it means in Avos when it says that you should take yourself a rav, take a rav, you know, because one has to choose and step into that, you know. right? You got to enter into that relationship in order to receive the the insight, the proper insight from from the rav. I can certainly say that in my own life. I see that that you know I I feel that my abilities to help somebody 
or guide somebody who has decided to make a relationship is, is much different than my abilities to help somebody who would approach me outside of the context of a relationship. I can see even just on, uh, on that level that there's, there's a difference that because, because of that Kesher. It's like the Kesher itself helps provide the insight. But outside of that, you have to answer the question, you know, just based on what you're given, and there's often a lot of context which is you're not really quite familiar with. <coughs> but it goes both ways. Because to have a Kesher with that other person, to have that made that decision, it helps the whole the, the whole thing work, you know. I mean, I, you know, having a Kesher with you is different for me than going to some great somebody rabbi, you, you know, know. that we you know, have no Kesher with right. because I, I can't. You know, it's me that feels um, something's mm -hmm. missing. Mm -hmm. right. um, if I just flip uh, that out for a minute, please. All right. Uh, can it be turned up? Okay. That would be different. Just by the way, this this can be untaped, right? That would be different than if a person went to see if we were zocha to such a thing. If we went, we went to see the Baal Shem Tov, right? It, it doesn't matter anymore. You're, you're going does because he sees everything. It's not a question of a relationship. Not a kid. That level of person sees somebody, and that's what, that's how it used to be. That you'd go, and they'd look at you, and they'd know you by looking at you, and then whatever was said, that's what was said. But I don't think we have that anymore. Josh? You know, generally, there's, uh, there's generally one or two people that are considered like the devil the adore. Um, in any case, like it might be that there's someone who's at such a level that the, the whole polyestral is his concern. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like, like the Balsham told of his time. Right. Uh, I mean, I remember so many stories of so many different people went to see the Shlomo Zalman. And I was thinking that, that someone on, on that, uh, at that uh, level. Right. I mean, the, the, the great thing I remember reading so some woman's uh, recollection of going to see him and, and him saying, you know, not answering the question. But I mean, maybe it's to the point where if he didn't recognize the cashier or the, you know, the, the background to uh, answer the the, sh the, sh the question or whatever, say no, you know, you have to decide for yourself. Right. Uh, but somebody who's just, a goddle, but uh, no, no such thing as that. No such thing as just a goddle. <laughs> you're either a goddle or you're not a goddle. There's no just a goddle. <laughs> a goddle is a goddle. That's a title. That's a title, and there's there's no there's no hiruki. Well, let me um, someone. Okay, but someone. A but who's not one of the gadola Yisrael, perhaps, right? Someone who doesn't have the shackles to where you're coming from. Okay. And that person could be a Talmud Chacham as well. well but again, they're, they don't have that cashier. But, but who's, who is, who could be recognized as double B So this this is the the fine line then, right? And and I'm I'm certainly nobody nobody to make 
these uh, decisions as to who's who. If that person is truly, you know, a Godal Bhisma of the highest level, then they're seeing that person who is coming to them. That's why I chose the Baal Shem Tov as the example. Because uh, then the Kesher is not, at that point, so much of a factor. He, he sees you. Yeah, Baruach HaKodesh. He sees you, he sees who you are. He knows what you need. So we're talking about extremely great people. But there are very few people, there are probably no people, Bismanenu, who would say, and I'm talking about our own Gedolim, who would say that they're on that level. A person would go to the Ari HaKadosh, and he'd look at their forehead, and he'd know they're Averis. you got to do this, and you got to do that. He'd read their face. Same thing by Baal Shem. People were afraid to, you know, to sometimes go over to the Ari because they knew he could see everything about them. So that's one thing. You know, you go to that kind of a person and whatever they say, they say. I don't think there's any choice there. But if, if the Godel, let's say in our door, is not presenting himself as having such abilities, abilities, and I don't know of anybody who does present himself, then I think it becomes a very delicate issue. But again, I'm not talking about a Shaila, because a Shaila, when it's asked, have to do with the halacha is. I'm talking about an Eitzah. It reminds me of the, the question that when the Baal Shem Tov was close to being uh, leaving this world and some Hasidim asked who should be their next Rebbe. And uh, the Baal Shem Tov's uh, Eitzah, as I remember it, was, was um, any, uh, that they, they ask potential candidates who, how do you deal with pride? And um, anybody who tries to give you an answer can't be can't be my successor. <laughs> and uh, I guess when they went to Pinchas of Kobrin, he said, "Of course, of course, right." Uh, that he they he said uh, he said you know uh, he he said that's you know if I only knew how to how to how to deal with that um, because. Um, yeah, but but I don't. I, there's no answer for that, and that's how they accepted him as the rebbe. And I, I mean, I was just. Although he didn't become the leader, because uh, the Magad of Mezarish. Well, I thought this. I thought, as I understood the story, it was just for this these particular people. Uh, I, I don't know. If this for group, the you mean? Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. that's the way I understood the uh, story. I see. That, they, that he became their rebbe. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, but uh, I guess what I what puzzles me in your question is. I can't imagine anybody saying on themselves that they would be on the level of the Baal Shem Tov, even the Baal Shem Tov, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, the not that they're on that level, but that it's known that, that they can look at you and know right. what you need. Uh, we don't have I mean, anybody like this who, who but, but I, people I, look I, at I in disagree. that way. I disagree. I mean, I think that somebody knows everybody. I mean, I, you know. Um, I, I've, I, and, and sometimes it's a faith you put, I've had that faith in you, you know, and, and felt like you knew what I needed at certain times. So I, I think that's because of relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. That's going back to that. That's, that's because of relationship, like that first story, when that man came to the market of Chernobyl's house, mm -hmm. said, once you came to me and wanted a relationship, now I can, now I have insight into you. And I think the relationship is a really big part of it. So I'm talking about when a person who goes to somebody who they don't have a relationship with. 
And that's very delicate. It is. Very sticky. Although within your story yeah. about the Magi, the, right. that relationship developed quickly because it just says the man had all, a All he needed was <laughs> just to have it. <laughs> that first step that's in. All he needed was that the desire for him to make that cashier. Right. That's, that's, that's a quick yeah. developing relationship. Yeah. So, hey, Someone who is known to be a Makubal or a great person, but on the level, in and out So we're going, we're going for a bracha. Okay, so in that sense, so that's one place for an Eitzah, but it's the recognizing that this person, in terms of, I don't know what they do and what a bracha really is, but somehow it's a good thing. Um, so. Then if that person would, now then you have, then you run into all those areas where you have, you go to Makuba and he gets an Aitza. What happens in terms of, so now you're, now you're stuck with, with a decision to make on that Aitza. And it might, and he doesn't know you, but you're going to him for a bracha and you're kind of trusting that this is a person I go, can go to a bracha and he's someone who is a, you know, known not to be a fake. So, then what do you do with that? What happens spiritually when that when someone like that puts out an Aitza? And you're in the position of, whoa, that's like totally out of how I live, whether the Aitza is you know Dabin Vasikin or, you know, do this in your house or don't do this and it's really not how you've been living right. your life. So right. I guess the question is what what do you so I uh, you know, I used to want to run to Rebbe's to just to go to bracha, but then I kind of realized there's this other part of the package yeah. which I don't want. So, what happens spiritually that a person like this can't? I mean, are they, you know, are they still putting you in an uncomfortable place now that you've spoken to them? Okay, turn it off. <laughs> turn off the machines. 